AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in for the Matt McNeil show for one more day here, one more hour now. And we have on the line Minnesota Representative uh, Jamie Long. He's also the uh, um, majority leader of the Minnesota House, so just right under the Speaker of the House. Hello, Jamie. How are you doing? Great, Todd. Good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for calling in when you're probably trying to get back to your normal life a little bit after the really busy session. <laughs> well, we we uh, certainly had a busy one and uh, got a lot of celebrating to do. Yeah, exactly. I uh, had the honor of speaking with Melissa Hortman yesterday. She called in and um, she was working on her garden. That's what I interrupted. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, so... I, it, there is so much to celebrate. The, the whole country is looking at Minnesota like, hey, this is how you do it, man. Um, right. And it's because we had Democrats in charge of everything. And uh, Melissa laid out the the incredibly complicated way of structuring the whole session so that it ended on time for the first time in, in uh, at least uh, 10 years or 11, 12 years, something like that. Uh, right. Last time the DFL was in charge. So right. w- what do you feel, like I kind of asked her, what, what is, do you think is the most important or kind of your favorite thing that you, we were able to accomplish this session? Oh, boy. Well, I, I guess at the, the top level, we showed that Minnesota government could work well and could get it done. Yeah. Right? We've, we've seen for so many years, um, to, to your point, that government has ended in gridlock. Uh, last year before, in 2022, we had a surplus and we weren't able to reach agreement on spending hardly any of it. Yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, ended session with, uh, you know, total failure essentially. So this year we, we turned that around. We listened to what Minnesotans were asking us to do and we, we acted. We really went big, I think in particular on helping people afford their lives. And so I think that pay family and medical leave policy that we passed, if I had to pick one, is probably uh, the most important thing we got done this year. We just heard from so many Minnesotans over so many years about how difficult it is for them to care for themselves yep. if uh, they get a long-term illness or disability care for a family member or take the time they need to have a, a child. Um, right. We, and we just, just to interrupt you, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I worked on that at the Capitol as a small business owner. So I I know so many people um, talk about how it benefits the workers. Right. But me as a small business owner, I told the story that my main employee had to have his hip replaced. And I had to pay him fully because I wanted to keep him. So I had to to pay him to stay home for three months, and that cost me a few thousand bucks. And right. if we would have had paid family and medical leave in, it would have cost me the equivalent of buying him one cup of coffee a week for that period right. of time. And, right. and uh, one thing that I always remember about you was when I was doing that, I was working with Main Street Alliance. and I, I recall, yeah. Yeah, and I came in and had we had a meeting with you. And, and you know, I kind of felt like, hey, I think that our point of view should be brought up because Republicans are – they think that small business owners are against paid family and medical leave. I'm a small business owner, 100% for it. And and then right after that was a committee hearing that you were a part of. And you parroted everything we said 
yep. just how I thought, <laughs> you know, yep. uh, and I thought that's how it's supposed to work. The rep- <laughs> representative <laughs> listens to a constituent and then says it, you know, in public. And uh, that's right. I, so I always just had a lot of respect for you and doing that. So I'm well, sorry, go, go on with what you were oh, saying. Oh, no. Well, I, on the small business angle, we, uh, so I have a constituent who may have been in that meeting, I, I don't recall, but. Uh, Sarah Piepenberg, who owns yep. Yep. The, the store Vinaigrette, yes, and has been a part of Main Street Alliance for a while. Um, and she's she's been at the Capitol year after year, as as you were, as a small business owner, yep. talking about both the values that she has as an employer and wanting to take care of her employees, not have to start from scratch retraining somebody, replacing somebody, but invest in the folks that she has. Um, but also what a what a challenge it is for her to be in a competitive market against larger employers who can pool their workers and have these big programs. Yep. So this is going to really put a level playing field, I think, for a lot of small business owners. Yeah, the large corporations see the value in offering it, but it's just way easier for them to offer it. So they have been offering right. it, and now now we can afford to offer it in our small businesses. So, yeah, I that's agree right. with you that that's a, a, a very important thing that has – man, coalitions have been working on that for years and years. Right. Absolutely. And I also know that kind of a passion for you is uh, the environment, uh, climate, climate and energy um, has been your focus. Now, as when you're the man, uh, majority leader, do you have as much time to write as many bills as you would like to? Because you have a lot of extra tasks. Is that correct? I, I do, but I clean energy and climate work is really my passion. So I, I did keep one bill that I'd worked on for the last four years, which was the the 100% clean energy by 2040 bill. And we did pass that into law this year, enacted it in the first month of session. And we did it with broad public support and broad support uh, from our clean energy community, our environmental advocates, but even from a lot of utilities that I think finally realized that this is the direction that they they need to head um, and we're willing to go that way. So we... And Minnesota now have a top five clean energy standard in the nation in terms of our ambition. Yeah, yes. Um, Yeah, I I, uh, talked about that story yesterday. Also with electric vehicle uh, infrastructure, I think we're in the top five. Yes. Now, now we are. (laughs) Best in the Midwest in terms of our our electric vehicle uh, implementation and certainly a lot more to do there. But Governor Walls has been a real leader on putting us first and – the Midwest for being a clean car state, and uh, we we this year also um, put in for EV rebates. So um, folks who are listening and are thinking about getting a new vehicle real soon, probably in uh, late summer, are going to have the ability to get a state rebate for uh, a newer used electric vehicle. Yeah, I'm against that because I had already bought an EV. And so, so you got the timing wrong, huh? Kind of the same thing as, as student loans, you know. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally for it. I wish everybody was driving an electric vehicle. Um, and by the way, I love my electric vehicle. Uh, oh, great. So um, now that it's getting more and more difficult to deny climate change, how do you gauge the – opposition to all of these because there were a lot of clean energy uh, legislation different bills there was. and how do you gauge the opposition from Republicans on any of those fights this session compared to previous sessions 
Well, I, I separate a little bit the public from folks at the Capitol. So mm. if you ask the public what they care most about, there, the Star Tribune did a survey going into the last election in November and said, what are the top issues that are on your mind when you're picking candidates? And climate was a top five issue mm-hmm. uh, across the state. So this is something that Minnesotans care about. They they support clean energy overwhelmingly, 80% uh, plus. If you ask in polls, you know, do you want us to do more wind and solar? They say yes. So we know that the public uh, cares about clean energy. We know that they want us to do the energy transition. But it still is, unfortunately, a real partisan divide up here in the legislature, the 100% clean energy bill, even though it had as broad support as I mentioned, almost no opposition at the end of the day uh, from the big stakeholders um, was opposed by every single Republican in the legislature. And, you know, I have folks privately uh, sometimes, and they tend to be uh, younger Republicans who tell me, you know, Jamie, I I do believe in climate change, but I can't really say it. And I think one of the things that they're doing is looking over their shoulder at the the sort of far right and this – uh, and frankly, some of their donors, right? Um, yeah. The largest donor to the state chamber is uh, Coke Industries, um, you know, yeah. which through um, uh, through their their uh, uh, gas refinery uh, in state Flint Hills. And so, okay. you know, there still is this uh, grip on the Republican Party, I think, from the oil and gas industry and from this real fringe uh, element in the Republican Party that still does deny climate change. Um, and you, you do hear that from members up here. I, when I chaired the Climate and Energy Committee, I had uh, Republicans on my committee debate me on the climate science, right? That we weren't able to get to, are we going to be doing clean energy? It was, it was, is this a hoax or not? So that's right. um, unfortunately still the state of debate with some Republicans. But I think for most Republicans, it's just fear uh, of their, of their, far right base and uh, you know fear of their their donor uh, advocates yeah it's I, I just can't figure that out anymore because their far right base is getting smaller and smaller and dwindling uh, soon to be gone it seems like and and like you said a lot of the really big uh, entities including energy companies they're pretty big uh, and, yeah. and influential I, I would imagine in donations to candidates. Um, so it's it must just be only gas and oil that that uh, pretty much yeah it's just incredible um, yeah yeah I can't can't figure it out well that's that's very interesting I you know what happened in what's going on in Texas right now you know they're saying oh well the the power grid is is staying up even though they have record breaking usage right now in this heat wave. A lot, right. of, a lot of the reason it's staying up is because it's been supplemented and powered by solar energy. Now. That's right, and uh, and they just can't. Republicans can't admit that, and not right. not to mention the fact that uh, expanding solar and wind is going to bring tons of jobs. You know, well, absolutely, and we we had incredible support from labor and workers on our hundred percent bill and on our real entire clean energy agenda. Um, and we were very intentional about making sure that the clean energy transition is going to be good for workers. So we have uh, prevailing wage requirements, meaning that you can't undercut union wages um, in the state. You you have to be paying a good working wage 
for folks who are building clean energy uh, in uh, across the board now in uh, the clean energy space. So this is huge. Very few states in the country have this. And we also have invested in the energy transition. So we know that there are going to be workers who are going to see a real shift um, when a coal plant closes, that there is a workforce there, right? right. Um, and through no fault of their own, uh, those folks are, are going to have to find new work. Now, the utilities oftentimes have done a decent job of trying to uh, help people find work internally, but that may not work for everybody everywhere. So we have set up the first office of uh, energy transition uh, in the country. That's a permanent one here. And we oh, wow, that's interesting. In yeah, okay. and we invested in it this year, too, to really help these communities and workers uh, who are going through these these transitions because we we uh, have to, I think, as Democrats, say that if if we want to move towards clean energy, we need to make sure that we're supporting the workforce to do it. Yeah, I always, like decades ago, you know, like in the late 80s, early 90s, I always thought the government should incentivize the oil companies to start to – you know, change to different sources of energy, and that way they can still keep all their power that they seem to right. be addicted to. But in but they'll be using uh, solar instead of gas. But you know, right, right. So yeah, I, I didn't know that about Minnesota. Uh, what, how does that work? The the transition that you just so the, mentioned? the office is at the Department of Employment and Economic Development, and so it's part of our uh, agency that helps helps with workforce. And so there's there are folks over there now whose job it is to think about how to how to support communities and workers where you're going to see a coal plant or a gas plant close. And so I I just think that's a critical part of this is we right. um, are often accused I think uh, when we're supporting the clean energy transition of being callous towards those whose life lives will be impacted by it and right. and we shouldn't be right we we need to be. Um, very focused on helping make sure that this is a transition that benefits everybody and leaving nobody behind. Right. Is it sort of also coupled up with trying to transition to other sources? So somebody who's yep. working in a coal plant will go work on a solar farm or something? Well, some, some of the skills are transferable and some, some aren't. Um, but we that's part of what the office's job is, is to okay. help, help figure out what skill sets folks can transition over and how to help support them. Um, but, uh, you know, some of our, our unions uh, in state that are in the building trades, for example, um, they uh, they want to build things. And uh, when you are building, when you're making um, wind turbines or solar um, solar installations, uh, they that is a lot of work. Uh, and a lot the uh, CEO of Excel Energy, our largest utility in the state, talked about it as a fuel to steel transition. So you're, you're moving away from uh, buying coal and oil towards buying steel. And Minnesota makes a lot of iron that <laughs> goes into steel. Right, yeah. So, you know, we have this ability, I think, to tell a good story about what it is that the clean energy transition is doing. And that is creating a ton of jobs um, where uh, we are doing those here in Minnesota for the most part, uh, as opposed to importing all of our energy from out of state. Yeah, because I know um, we don't have a lot of coal in, in this Zero. state. So, <laughs> right. So all the coal, all the work with coal we do, we have to buy it from somewhere else and then import it. it you know, 
ship it, and uh, yeah. and so it's thirteen billion a year we send out of state to buy fossil fuel energy. Right yeah, now. yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. It seems like Republicans would be against that. Just alone. You'd, you'd think, right? Right. Yeah. You'd think there'd be at least a pure economic protectionism argument that we should uh, try, try to help create jobs here yeah. in Minnesota. Um, but uh, you know, we have really good stories to tell in Minnesota. We were one of the first clean energy leaders in the country. We built the first wind turbine, uh, industrial scale wind turbine, between California and Denmark in Minnesota. Oh wow. Yeah, and huh. so we got an early start in doing this work, and it, it's meant that right now we have companies in Minnesota that have installed over 50% of all wind turbines nationwide wow. in the last decade. I didn't know that. we got to talk yeah. about this. We More people need right? to know. Say, listen, I, I'd like to just talk with you a couple minutes about moving great. moving forward. We do need to take a break. Can you stay on for a few more minutes? Happy to. Okay, great. Let's take a short break. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson in for the Matt McNeil Show. We're talking to Representative Jamie Long, and we'll be right back. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson in on the Matt McNeil Show, and we have on the line Minnesota Representative uh, Jamie Long. He is also the majority leader of the Minnesota State House. Hey, Jamie. Howdy. Hi. Uh, so we've been talking about what happened this last session uh, and and other things. I know back in 2021, uh, you authored the Energy Conservation and Optimization Act, which included an expansion of the state's energy conservation program, particularly to low-income households, made it easier for gas utilities also to use renewable natural gas and carbon-free hydrogen. So you've been uh, – this is – energy has been your passion uh, since you got in pretty – and you got in, in uh, into the state house in 2018, right? That's right, yep. Yeah, and uh, so I know – my good friend Kelly Morrison, I worked on her campaign back then. She got into the House in 2018. Now she's in the state Senate. And since, you know, we've never had a Democrat out where I live. <laughs> so, yeah. So she's the first one. And since she's I, the best. Yeah, yeah, she really is great. And, and, and since I – she's kind of then ended up being uh, an elected official, a Minnesota elected official that I knew the most, therefore got to see really how hard – work it is it's really a full-time year-round job much more than right. you know just during session so i know melissa had enough time to get the weeds out of her garden but then uh she's got to move forward how what's your plan for moving forward including even right now this summer sure well one thing i want to do is make sure that we're helping minnesotans understand what a monumental accomplishment this session was we really passed an incredible amount of legislation to help help Minnesotans, and uh, whether it's the uh, assistance that we're providing to school districts, uh, child care, uh, the infrastructure bills that we passed, the child poverty uh, cutting mm-hmm. tax credit cut that we did. So we have a lot that we need to celebrate and help Minnesotans understand as we're rolling it out. So we're doing a lot, I think, to try to go around the state and engage with Minnesotans and um, help help make sure that they are aware of all the um, new programs and opportunities that they have. Great, and then also hear from them about what uh, 
what they want next, because we have one more year of the Democratic trifecta. Yeah, and uh, and so we also Melissa mentioned we need to make sure that everything gets implemented well, so that you know we got the bills passed. Now we got to we got to get them moving and make sure that that's they work. right. Um, Another thing about schools that I think is really important, my daughter, she's 20 now, but, uh, you know, we just had the experience of her going all the way through, you know, uh, preschool to high school. And uh, so many kids were – they'd feel humiliated when their money would run out in the lunchroom. And that's other legislation that the DFL brought this session, uh, free lunch and breakfast for all school kids. Right? Is that how that – am I describing that that's correctly? Right. That's right. Yeah, we're one of the, uh, I think we're only the fourth state in the country to enact uh, universal school meals. And this is, I think, an incredible accomplishment yes. that we were able to achieve this year. We know that kids can't learn when they're hungry. Uh, right. And we also know that there are, uh, sometimes it's a little arbitrary who's able to get assistance for school meals and who's not. And we also have a sad uh history of lunch shaming where people had different colored lunch tickets or you know knew who it was and yeah. wasn't able to get uh get their free lunch um and so we have done away with that we've just said if you are in school in minnesota you're going to be able to eat and our, our school lunches are already heavily subsidized so yeah, we're really only closing that final gap uh, for folks but this is just one one more thing that families don't have to worry about right. anymore and where kids can Focus on learning. Yeah, and uh, uh, I always think too, Republican. Uh, you know, to try and talk to a Republican in a small business like mine, if I don't keep investing in the different parts of my business, I'm wasting money somewhere else, or I'll go out of business. And like you said, kids can't learn, and if they're hungry, so if we're not closing that gap, you know, spending a little more to make sure the kids aren't hungry. Then right. we're throwing money away because they're spending all day not learning. And so right. what's the right. point of going to school in the first place? Um, right. But, it's also going to have a huge impact in cutting childhood hunger in the state. We yeah. we know that there are still thousands of kids who are hungry every single day in, uh, in our state. And so this is uh, going to be a huge impact in trying to alleviate that. And we know that that has really... Uh, long-term health impacts and, of course, long-term educational benefits. Um, I, an interesting thing, I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but my wife is on the school board and we're good friends with the school superintendent from back when I ran 10 years ago and, and we worked on a referendum even longer back than that. So we know how how he's working a lot. And, he, and I asked what he thought about this school lunch program and he said the only yeah. the only drawback is that it was a way for them to monitor what kids might be having more trouble at home uh, and things like that, and now that's going to be gone. So, uh, Well, there's, there's going to be a backup program uh, in terms of trying to help make sure that uh, schools are, are able to um, track. We do reimburse schools to some extent based on having uh, a student body that is made up of, of lower-income folks, higher-need uh, folks. And so we, we will be replacing that. Um, there's a, a sort of temporary uh, stopgap uh, now, but, but it's going to be focused more on um, the signing people up for benefits. 
Okay. Yeah. So if somebody's enrolled in Medicaid, if somebody's enrolled in SNAP uh, food benefits, then then that would count towards them being um, counting for the school district. Uh, to get that higher reimbursement rate, okay, and that's a that's a better incentive because it means that you know the school districts, some of them, um, have been really good at signing up folks uh, to be eligible for for free and reduced lunch. Uh, now they're going to have an incentive to sign up kids to be in SNAP or Medicaid. You know that I think right. that's going to be a better shift for them, but they're yeah. still going to have the opportunity to know which students need more help. Okay, yeah, that's that's a. Okay, um, that's good to know. My wife's going to be interested in hearing that. Um, yeah. So, and it, I should let you go because I've kept you longer than we said we were going to, uh, and I very much appreciate that. Uh, are there any last thoughts that you'd like to say to our listeners? Well, I just uh, hope folks get a chance to dig into some of the good work uh, that we did this session. Um, and I would just ask uh, folks to engage with us going into next year because we have one more year to do good work. and. Uh, we had a top 30 list of the bills that we wanted to get done, and we checked every single bill off on our top 30. So we we had a, a banner session in many ways. But yeah. um, if if your item wasn't on the top 30, if there's something that you or your family uh, needs uh, help with, then I think now is the time to talk to your legislators and, and engage with us going into next session. Great. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, so do that, listeners. And uh, that has been... Jamie Long, he is the majority leader and representative in the Minnesota State House of Representatives, um, a- another one of the stars, national stars, being recognized uh, as doing such a great job this last legislative session. Thank you so much for your time, Jamie. I, I, know, I, know, it's, uh, I know it's tight, and, and you guys work so hard, so I appreciate you calling in so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Todd. Take care. All right. Hope to talk to you sometime soon. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're going to take a short break and come right back on the Matt McNeil Show. 